And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. It's time, Bunny! It is time. Yes, it is. The time it is time. Yes, Bunny, thank, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at... Nice. It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually saunter our way into the second half of our big shoe. And it is said second half wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new low-fat original recipe extra strength 24 horsepower featuring 12 of today's hottest hits and available now without a prescription. Movie the week! And this week, we watch a new documentary on a 1970s made-for-TV special that is near and dear to our hatred, if not our hearts. It's the 2023 documentary, A Disturbance in the Force, The Making of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes. And let me just say, uh, again, in case you weren't here in the first half of the podcast. That Paul Lynn, he was a ladies' man. <laughs> he, like, he performed his his comedy, Women Are Throwing Their Panties on the Stage. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Tom Jones. Paul Lynn did it first, and then people started doing it to Tom Jones. He got so much puss <laughs> that Paul Lynn. Uh, and Liberace, you know, ladies' men. Yes. Yes. When I think of, like, famous ladies' men in history, I'm thinking uh, Liberace, Paul Lind. Uh, Charles Nelson George Michael. You know, yeah. the real sex symbols of our time. Michael Jackson. So this is a recent movie. It played in select theaters on Life Day. Yes. November 17th, 2023. Nice touch. With a digital and DVD release just last month. Bunny, what are your thoughts on this documentary? Meh. Well, I Seriously, I, I I give it a man. Yeah, yeah. Did I, you see the end credits? I loved the the scene during the credits where they interview the the fighting the frizzies reporter. Yeah, that made me happy to see fighting the frizzies at eleven. That guy. I feel like we don't do a lot of documentaries on this podcast. True. I think. I think that the reason why we don't do a lot of documentaries on this podcast is because we saw a documentary and it was so good. We did one documentary and it was so amazing that no other documentary can touch it. And while we're on the subject, let me say something about Harry Potter. Okay. Warlocks are enemies of God. Yes. And had it been in the biblical times, Harry Potter would have been put to death. 
You don't make heroes out of warlocks! Jesus Camp, the scariest movie I have ever seen. Yes. But I like this documentary. And I thought it was fun. I don't know if you can see it and have fun having not seen the Star Wars Holiday Special. It was really nice seeing two dead comedians and their intense love for this shitty-ass made-for-TV movie. Yes. That was weird. And also, Taron Killam is such a geek. I I found a a lot of this documentary was just triggering my actual Star Wars holiday special PTSD. So that was Mm -hmm. kind of a problem. There was some parts that were interesting. Mostly it was a bunch of celebrities saying, wow, this is really bad in a whole lot of different ways. Well, yeah, um, fair. But I think one of the things that I like about it is a lot of times when I start hyper-focusing on something, it's something that not a lot of other people hyper-focus about. Yeah. Like, there aren't that many Syphil and Ollie fans out there. Um, Not a lot of people know that one of the funniest TV shows of all time was on ESPN Classic Sports. Yeah. But Cheap Seats is still the greatest show ever. But I like seeing this documentary because it's a bunch of famous people, yeah, talking and talking shit about the Star Wars Holiday Special. But, like, I'm the only one in the family who's watched the Star Wars Holiday Special. It... It still sometimes feels to me like I I hallucinated the entire Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. So it's nice to see a documentary that's like, no, this is real, and here's how it was made. And let me just say something. Let me just say something. There was something about this movie that pissed me off, and I'd like to talk about it right now. All right. George Lucas had nothing to do with the Star Wars holiday special. He came up with a basic plot outline and some rules, and then that was it. And then he dipped and took the F off and had no involvement in the Star Wars holiday special. And because of that, George Lucas is solely to blame for the Star Wars holiday special. Okay. I I feel very strongly about this. George Lucas is always going around going, oh, the Star Wars holiday special, that was so horrible. Can you believe they did that to my creation? You did that to your creation by allowing it to happen. Yeah, yeah, basically, you don't get to take your name off of this. Basically, you, you just left your child with your crackhead neighbor. Yeah. What did you expect, George? What did exactly? You expect? Exactly. It is Harry uh, George. Co- George, co- fuck! I am so not high right now. That is a real shame. I should change that. But 
George Lucas had nothing to do with the Star Wars Holiday Special, so he is solely responsible for the failure of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Him and the band Starship. Yes. I 100% believe this. I After watching this movie, I thought it'd be funny to add that, to find that Starship song that they perform on the Star Wars Holiday Special and add it to my Spotify playlist. And so I found it and I added it to one of my Spotify playlists. I couldn't get through like a minute of that song before turning it off. Yeah. It, it is just a hideous, hideous thing. Starship. Fucking Starship. I would rather hear B. Arthur's song again. Yeah. Than Starship. That is, that is saying a lot. That is saying a lot. Because that, that song was so... B. Arthur. I don't know if I can. You know that B. Arthur got a bunch of pussy too back in the day. What? You know that B. Arthur got some pussy back in the day as well. Oh God, yeah. She seems like the golden girl that got the most poon. Yes. But Taryn Killam was on here. He was a former SNL cast member, SNL's Taryn Killam. And he loves the Star Wars Holiday Special. And I liked it whenever they talked to him because he was all excited in the movie talking about the Star Wars Holiday Special. Is that the guy who kind of looks like the Deadpool sidekick? He looks very much like a... it's hard to explain how Taryn Killam looks, but the best way I can explain it is he looks like a basic-ass white guy. Mm. And that's it. But I know that he's a geek because I saw um, a number a number of years ago, so many, maybe like seven or eight years ago, all they were doing a, interviews. All I know is occasionally a young guy would pop up and stop and start talking about the Hollywood, Star Wars holiday special, and I'd be like, "Who the fuck is that?" I that's probably former SNL cast member Taron Killam. That's probably but, him. Uh, a, about seven or eight years ago, I was watching uh, YouTube videos about uh, San Diego Comic Con. And they were interviewing people there, and they interviewed Taryn Killam, who just did a 10-minute recreation of the first episode of the X-Men animated cartoon. And, like, he knew the X-Men animated cartoon so well that he was able to just perfectly, like... Without any prompt, he's like, okay, so it opens up on the mall. Rogue and Storm are buying clothes. And like he knows exactly what this one episode of X-Men is. And he spent like so much time at the end talking about chili fries. Yeah. Which is my favorite line in any Marvel uh thing that has ever been created. You will come to visit us, won't you? Does a mall baby chili fries? So I like seeing so seeing Taryn kill him as that in this. It's like, oh yeah, of course he's in here. He's a fucking geek and a half. So that makes sense. I usually start the year off 
Usually in the first episode of our podcast of the year, I started off with a movie from the last year that I loved and I wanted you to see. Yeah. Uh, this year, it probably would have been, I don't know, Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain or Fucking Bo is Afraid. I don't know. Yeah. But this year I did it differently because I went for a movie I didn't see last year. Because I did not see this last year. And it's a shame because if I had gotten a chance to see this last year, it may have made my it may have made my top ten movies of the year. Because it, I, I like this documentary. It's easy breezy fan service. Yeah. Also, I did find the TV special on YouTube, Wayne Newton at SeaWorld, but I don't hate you enough to make you watch that. Yeah, that is yeah. That's not something I would have watched then. Yeah. And I'm I like sure this movie. I was aware of the Wayne Newton at SeaWorld special at the time. It is possible, I can't rule it out, although I have no memory of it. It is possible I did see Wayne Newton special because that might have been something my mother might have wanted to watch. <sighs> I did not know of the existence of the Brady Bunch uh, variety show until the Simpsons made fun of it. Okay, so so now I gotta go off on a weird tangent. Okay? because Go for it. That's what this podcast was made for. Like, At that age and as a kid, we were fucking hip deep in goddamn variety shows. I mean, variety shows were yeah. always on. You know, you can go back to, you know, Red Skelton and uh, Ernie Kovacs, you know, and thing. you know, there were always variety yeah. shows. But goddamn in the 70s, if, if you got even slightly popular... You had a variety show, you know, especially after. Yeah, don't the... forget. Don't forget my favorite. What? Don't forget my favorite variety show. What? The Bob Crane autoerotic asphyxiation special. That one was good. That one was good. That one was great. Especially after after Carol Burnett being such a big hit. You know, because then it, yeah. was, it was Donnie and Marie. It was the fucking Brady Bunch. It was Sonny and Cher. It was Tony Orlando and Dawn. Mac Davis had a variety show. Do you even know who Mac David is? Jim Stafford had a variety show. No. Do you even know who Jim Stafford is? No. I know and about the Hudson the Brothers the Razzle top. Dazzle show. There you go. That start a bear. There's That's another one on the pile. But every one of them. It's the Hudson Brothers. Because it was just a That's variety a nice show formula that you would have the big song and dance yeah. routines. And you would have. I remember. 
I remember the Mandrell sisters, and they had these puppets yes. that were like a, that were like massive. Uh huh. They were fucking huge puppets, cowboy puppets, massive, scary cowboy puppets. Yes. But they would always have the song and dance routine. This was a big choreographed fucking deal, and it was always the worst part of the variety show. And I blame that. I'm a... And I blame that early childhood, could we say trauma? Let for, me tell you what I. Let why me tell you I what... don't like drag shows. And it's not just drag shows. But I find I find it is a group of similar things that I can all trace back to that being the worst part of a variety show. Now, if if Funny. if friends say, hey, we're going to a drag show, you want to come? Yes, I do. You know? But if I am going out on my own seeking entertainment of some sort, that's just not a pick I'm going to make. But I got it to Funny. drag shows, Vegas shows, Las Vegas shows with all the girls and the big hats and things. And and this is not to blame any one of, one of these forms of entertainment. This is just early childhood scarring and Eurovision. Like these are the types of things that all seem to go in one bucket that I don't like because of fucking Donnie and Marie. Uh, first off, to say not like that, you are speaking strong. Well, first off, you are speaking to an up and coming Midwest drag performer. Right. And so your words against the art of drag. I hurts. did not say one word against the art of drag. Not at all. True. Secondly, maybe you don't like drag shows because you haven't had a trans woman with huge tits read you a kid's book during it. <laughs> That's why I'm around. And speaking of my tits, here I am, a trans woman in a bra, showing off my huge titigers while also eating ramen. That's got to be a fetish somewhere. Yes, it does. And yet our view count is still so shockingly low. It is upsetting to me. Uh, Bunny. Yes. I like this movie. So, question. Yes. What other bad movies would you see a documentary about the making of? <laughs> like, one I haven't seen? <laughs> 
I will tell you this. I would pay good money to see a documentary about the making of Battleship Earth. Because that would be so fucking hilarious to see so many people certain that they are making the next Star Wars. Yes. You know, everyone's so fucking sure of themselves. So fucking full of themselves. I would pay good money to see that. Yeah, I, I could go for that. I could go for that. I don't think I've seen one of those. Yeah. And it was really heartwarming to see so many dead comedians, uh, Bobcat Goldschlager and the fucking Aflac duck. That's so sad that I'm calling him the Aflac duck. Bobcat's not dead yet, is he? Isn't he? I thought he was dead. Hold on. He's been making movies. Bobcat Goldquate is no, he's still alive. Okay. Yeah, he's been. He's wow. Been I assumed he movies. was dead. That's something. That says something about the man's career. But okay, so just one dead celebrity. Yeah. Uh. But it was nice to see uh, the Athlac duck professing his love for the Star Wars holiday special. Like I liked that. That made me feel better. Here's the thing. I think that if you consider yourself a Star Wars fan, I love Baby Yoda. Oh, did you see Andor? Oh, I can't wait for this other Star Wars TV show. Uh, You should all be forced to sit down and watch the Star Wars holiday special with commercials. Yes. Period. If you consider yourself a Star Wars fan in the year of our Lord 2024, you should be forced to watch the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes. And a sentence. I am very passionate about that. I did like the fact that in the beginning of this documentary, too, they they made a big focus on 70s variety shows. I really liked that. I also liked the bizarre connection between B. Arthur's musical number in the Star Wars Holiday Special and the fucking film Food of the Gods. <laughs> Never would have made that connection. But yeah, holy shit. There's, there's one of the bad, horrible-looking, giant fucking monsters from Food of the Gods inside the Star Wars cantina. <laughs> I legit want to get so high and watch the Star Wars holiday special with the people in this documentary. Yeah. That might so be So it's me. It's me, Taryn Killam, Silent Bob, Weird Al, Paul Shear. Seth Green can come. He can fetch us drinks. Yes. I don't like Seth Green. You don't Never like Seth, Seth Green. Green. I don't know I why like I don't Seth like Green. Seth Green, but I don't like Seth Green. As far as I can tell, he's only done one good thing, and that's Dr. Evil's son. I never cared for robot chicken. I don't know. I I just didn't I just never liked it. I appreciated it, but I I, I didn't care for it. He was in it for my eight. My 18-year-old Q is 
currently obsessed with fucking Adult Swim's Moral Oral. Okay. Have you ever seen that, Bunny? No, that one got by me. It's a stop-motion animated parody of Davy and Goliath. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Is the way I'm explaining it to Bunny. Because Bunny and I grew up on Davy and Goliath. Gee, Davy, do you think it was God? <laughs> and it, that's one thing that kids nowadays don't have. TV shows that you only watch because there's nothing else on. Yes. Oh, God. I would wake yes. up early and I'd get cereal and I'd sit in front of the TV screen. But I knew that before cartoons came on, I had to watch the fucking Cisco kid. I was always so excited as a kid for Saturday morning and the cartoons that I would get up before the snow ended. And yeah, fucking the, the Google stack. it. I'm not explaining it. And then the national anthem would play. And the mm -hmm. first watchable thing on, because I'm like five, I can't watch the hog like report. Would yeah, the farm Doctari. report. I was just about to say. Do you remember was Doctari? what? No. I, but I, I was I'm thinking the other sure day. If this was an American show, it could have been Australian. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, but it was, I believe it was at least set in Australia or possibly Africa. Um, and this was yeah. like, they worked on an animal preserve and they would fight poachers. Nice. You know, so there was like the head of the facility and they had a chimp beginning my lifelong love of chimps and monkeys. Her Hell name was yeah. Judy. Judy the chimp would help them on their adventures. And this would be the very first show that would come on on Saturday morning when I was a kid. Yeah, for me it was an hour of the Cisco kid. Woohoo. And then, like, I'm listening to oldies growing up, and I hear the war song, The Cisco Kid, was a friend of mine. And I'm like, oh, shit, me too. He comes on before Wallace and Ladmo. Yeah. Here's the thing that gets me. Um, the internet has fucked so much up. Funny. My kids don't know who Gilligan is. That's That's horrible. And how would I even begin to explain Gilligan? Because, like, TV's not really a thing anymore, you know? Yeah. It's kind of sad that my kids don't know about the fact of, of like, Bewitch and the two Darrens. Yeah, I know. I made I, some joke about, like, cute. hey, I'm trying to clean up. I'm trying to make food. I'm trying to be a real Donna Reed. They didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. 
And you would try to the describe fuck is Donna it and Reed? say something like, it was a half-hour situation comedy on Channel 4, and, like, they won't understand a single word of that. Channel yeah. 4? What, yeah. what, what's Channel 4? They, they'll probably like I was trying to explain to the kids, like, I, I constantly listen to the fake commercial for Spatula City from Weird Al Yankovic's movie UHF. And yeah. I was going to show it to the kids, but, like, I don't think they understand. They don't get UHF stations. No. They don't get that. I have to do like a fucking hour long TED talk before they watch this movie. I just think it's fascinating that like that like that like we're driving somewhere and and we're listening to the radio and they're mentioning a bunch of names and then afterwards I go and Jerry Mathers as the Beaver. Kids have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Where can they even watch that anymore? My kids don't know who Donna Reed is. No. Identical cousins. Yeah. I will never get over that. Or where Eleanor Donahue came from. And I also like the fact that in this movie, it's they specifically say, "Hey, uh, I'm John Favreau." Ten minutes. Ten minute warning. And I put a bunch of. I put a bunch of Star Wars holiday special Easter eggs in the Mandalorian. I liked that. Yeah. That the first official live action appearance of Boba Fett's fork gun from the holiday special was in the Mandalorian. I like that. Yeah. I haven't watched any of these fucking Star Wars TV shows. No. Just gonna say that now and be honest with you. I haven't seen The Mandalorian. I haven't seen Obi Wan. I haven't seen Andor. Uh, I tried watching The Mandalorian. I haven't watched any of this. Huh? I tried watching The Mandalorian and I just couldn't really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka, the Boba Fett show, the fucking Obi Wan Grogu. I haven't seen it. I don't I don't care. However, I am very proud to say that I was born the same year that Star Wars came out, so I'm I'm happy to see that Star Wars is still doing well. Yes. That makes me kind of happy. We I'm the same age as Star Wars. Star Wars is having a bit of a renaissance right now, and so am I. I groove the and they they just took so that such makes a me happy. Turn from those original three, you know those original yeah. three Star Wars movies. Movies, I mean, they were a romp. You know, I mean, there wasn't too anything yeah. too terribly heavy about it. They dropped some fun secrets on it, secrets on us, you know. But for the most part. It was it was just a romp. It was just fun. You know? And I remember being like eight fucking that. years old. 
and be and hearing from people in the playground and hearing from some adults that like, oh yeah, George Lucas is going to make nine Star Wars movies, and then there's going to be a Star Wars TV show. And I remember as an eight-year-old kid going, oh, wow, that's going to be so cool. And now here I am. I'm in my 40s. I am married. I have five kids. I did it two nights ago. It was really great. And here I am. We have had the nine movies, and we have so many TV shows, and I don't give a shit. That's fascinating. Look at how much work it takes to bore me. Okay, but I, mean, I, I am a big us, fan of the Star Wars holiday special. It's so fucking long for the second three. For you know? Jar Jar. Like, like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I was, I was already married, for God's sakes, and when the trailer came out, I cried because I loved Star Wars. And then... Yeah, yeah, I remember going to see The Waterboy just to see a trailer. Just to see a trailer. And then I saw what Because what are you going to do back then? Sad. Download the trailer in like 280p? And there was just so much I hated about Phantom Menace. Yeah. And I watched, I watched all three of those and it just didn't get it. I just didn't care. It wasn't fun. It wasn't a romp, you know? And I remember them making a big deal about the toys coming out. Oh, we're going to be releasing the toys at Toys R Us at midnight. And you can get your own sneak peek at the upcoming Star Wars film. And I lined up. I lined up at Toys R Us to see the new toys. And I remember so many of the toys were about the pilot of Amidala's ship. His name was like Rex something. And like... There were a million toys of his, and I'm like, ooh, he's going to be like a like a like a dad daring swashbuckler type, and it's going to be really exciting. Bitch has like five lines in the fucking movie. Yeah. But they set up a bajillion freaking things for him. That pissed me off. But again, final statement on this week's movie, A Disturbance in the Force. George Lucas had nothing to do with the Star Wars holiday special. And because of that, George Lucas is solely to blame for the fucking Star Wars holiday special. Agreed. I look fucking amazing right now. (laughs) Holy shit. I look so good. Uh, Everyone's jealous of my wife. She gets all of this. So that's all I have this week. Again, Donny Osmond, this movie isn't fucking about you. This documentary isn't about the time the Donny Osmond, the Donny and Marie show changed history. Yeah. That's not what this documentary is about. Motherfucker, Mr. Plastic-Faced Mormon Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat over here thinks the documentary is about him. Yeah. So that's all I have for this week. Next week, I was going to I was going to have us watch the new Please Don't Destroy movie or maybe the killer pool that eats people. But um, I wanted to do something different. This 
this week's movie, A Disturbance in the Force, it is a brand new documentary. Yeah. So I thought, let's go with something a little bit less new. So we're combating a new release with an old one. Next week, we are watching the 1941 musical Hell's a Poppin', starring Olsen and Johnson. The Hell's a Poppin', boys. Okay. So there what was a mystery science. This to us, huh? What made you decide? Oh, I can to tell you exactly. I can tell you exactly. I want to find out who Olsen and Johnson, the Hell's a Poppin' Boys, are. There was a mystery science theater short. I believe it was called Johnny at the Fair, and it was this young boy lost at the World's Fair. And he's meeting like, oh, look, it's the champion of the world, Joe Frazier. Oh, now Johnny's riding a donkey. Oh, look, he's getting an autograph with Olsen and Johnson. The hell's a poppin' boys. And so I, I don't know why, but Olsen and Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys, just burned into my brain. And I have, for the past, like, five years been collecting free movies that are available on YouTube on a on a YouTube playlist that I just labeled for the podcast and Hell's a Poppin' is in there and I thought you know what let's combat a 2023 brand new movie by finally finding out who the fuck Olsen and Johnson the Hell's a Poppin' boys are I believe it's okay. one of those things where they had a popular radio show, then they did a Broadway musical, and now they're doing it as a movie. Possibly. I think. I'm not sure. So this is going to be a fun, exciting experience for the both of us. Olsen and Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys, in the 1941 musical, hell's a poppin', all one word. Okay, we, we, we I've might got have the to movie. tap out on this one, I'm just saying. Hell no! It's a 1940s musical! Okay. Olsen and Johnson! The hell's a poppin' boys! You can't tap out on this! <laughs> Besides, it's like an hour and 20. It's like an, it's, it was from 1941. They weren't making uh, Ari Aster films back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, hey, Disney, release the Snyder Cut. So that's next week. I'm excited about that. But now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, uh, Oklahoma City sex toys, my boobs. I got to say, this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Okay, good. I, I agree with you, but I, I feel like you're the one who makes that distinction. I didn't want to step on any toes. But yes, I concur with your assessment. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Maylin. And on behalf of uh, Q and my wife and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. I got to.